0: People are strange. Strange.
1: Fucking strange.
0: strange. Is that strange? That is strange.
2: Strange. That is strange. Well, that is strange. This is strange. Peyton Lane, welcome to the show. Pleasure to have
3: Hello. you. Hello. Hi. So happy to be here on Strange Sauna.
2: Oh, yes. You know, and this is uh, for people who don't know you. I mean, you're an avid listener to the show. Patreon supporter yes. and, yes. and that's something new that I want to start doing is incorporating the patrons because they're a family, you know what I mean? They're part of the show.
3: Yes, absolutely. And I think it's great that you guys like interact with us and want to hear what we have to say. And like, you let us send you videos because there are a lot of other podcasts that don't let us do that. So yes, two thumbs up for you guys.
2: So hell yeah. Thanks for joining. And I'm hoping that this is like a routine thing that I can do once or twice a month is have people come on, you know, I'm sure you'll Absolutely. come back on if, if you want to. And you yeah. know,
3: if I don't mess this up and invite well, me back. <laughs> no, Hey,
2: there's no messing up. And I figure, you know what, what a better way to start this out by talking about some straight up murder. You know,
3: the strangest, which is why I thought this would be perfect for your show, because it is so strange.
2: It is. You know, it fits right into the uh, the name of the show. Strange sauna. And so this this topic, I know you reached out a while ago. The murder happened on November 13th. This is the quadruple Mm -hmm. Idaho murder. And you reached out and you're like, you guys need to look into this. Something's weird about this. Something's odd. And there's all these videos coming out. All this evidence is packing up and you're just sending it my way. And I'm like, you know what? Why don't you just come on the show and we'll talk about it?
0: (laughs) Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, I think I think the reason why I sent everything your way and why I thought this was just so strange is because I think this is like the stuff of like boogeyman. You know, this is true like. This is monstrous and so bizarre how everything went down. And it just sort of took over social media when it happened. I mean, my entire feed was about this with people speculating and talking about how bizarre it was and how there were two other people in the house and how they didn't get murdered. I mean, it was it it needed to be talked about on your show for sure.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, I you know, I started digging into it and then with everything else going on with our show, with this show I and am. trying to like dive, dive into other topics and whatnot, uh, you know, you just fall behind. But there's so much yeah. that you sent my way and that I was able to kind of just look up on the fly that I think it's uh, I think we got a, a lot to talk about here, because like you said, this type of mm-hmm. murder is like my freaking worst nightmare because oh, this is me, too. This is just psychopath enters your house, kills you with a freaking knife. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the intimate murder where you're like up close yeah. and you can feel the knife. go. And I'm like, no, like this is like, yeah, Ugh. yeah.
3: this is what this is why people make horror movies based right? off of stuff like this is an actual horror movie. And I know someday, they'll they'll make a movie out of this. But this is just wild. Everything about it is wild. And and it's also really sad and I think the reason so many people are so obsessed with it right now especially on social media is cuz these are young kids. I mean these are 20 21 year olds. I mean they're in their college years, they're having fun. This was at a off campus college house where you have parties every night and you're having fun and dating people and falling in love, falling out of love, you know, not really worried about your school, but worried about social life and then everything gets disrupted with a horrendous monstrous just violent murder
2: yeah so i mean there were four victims like you mentioned all in their 20s you had ethan Chapin, madison mogan
3: mogan yeah that's what i've been how it's
2: okay how I've and heard then it, zana kernodal and kaylee Goncalvez. or going i've heard it
3: Zan- zana kernodal and kaylee gonzalves
2: oh so, like, there this, we go
3: this, The C is like a Z, and it's like, why didn't you just put a Z in there? But whatever, you got to make it fancy. Well, hey. That's how I've heard it.
2: Okay. Yeah, no, I'll take your word for it. You know I don't speak Spanish. In English, please. And then our suspect is the creep of all creeps. This guy, so, okay. It doesn't help his cause that he looks like (laughs) he works in, like, an underground torture chamber. You know what I mean?
3: Oh, Yeah. Well, there's a bunch of st- stuff going around that he he looks just like Ted Bundy. If oh. you put like a picture of Ted Bundy and him like side by side, they both have those eyes where you can see the white, like all around underneath the eye, on top of the eye. They just this, everything's sunken in, like they I look getcha. like a Skeletor. There's a lot of actually similarities to um, uh, Brian and Ted Bundy, which okay. is something we can also... I mean, again, there's so much to talk about.
2: Well, yeah. And so apparently, Brian Koberger, uh, we called him Kilberger on the show.
3: Kilberger. Oh, but I like
2: that. He is a PhD student studying criminology out of all things. You know what I mean? I
3: know.
2: And he lived I eight know. miles from the murder scene. Mm-hmm. So he was going to school on the Washington Pullman campus, University of Washington Pullman,
1: right?
3: Yeah. So he was close. He was close to, I think he was only about 15 minutes or 10 minutes away from uh, you know, where the murders were
2: cool in well, Idaho. that's uh you know it's it's obvious that you know he was close enough to do it, so I just don't know what the motive is. there's a lot of questions up in the air, but do you want to start out by just like either watching a video or do you want to talk about what you got as far as how did this whole thing start?
3: So let's start at the very beginning um so how it kind of all started and all the the speculating that went on um sort of the, the beginning of november november 13th and on um, so the crazy thing is is that allegedly this murder happened from either three to four a.m in the morning which now we know it was at 4 a.m but the 911 call was not made until noon the next day that's, that's bizarre. like that was the number one thing everyone was like what is why would that happen there were six people in the house. It's a three-tiered house, it's kind of like sitting on a hill. So the bottom portion of the house is like where the carport is, the middle part. You can still kind of get to the middle part from land, I guess you would say. But then this, okay. the third floor is like the balcony. You can't get there from land.
1: Okay. So
3: there are many ways to enter this house. There were two people on the bottom, two people and the second floor, and two people on the third floor. The second floor and third floor; those were the victims, and then the bottom floor. Those two girls weren't touched. So, so okay.
2: Oh, so that's okay. The second craziest thing. So the two neighbors that were. The, just, oh. oh my
3: god! <laughs> it's my phone. You know, it was my Apple Watch going, repeating me.
2: Oh, my Apple Watch I guess she wants to join the interview too. But <laughs> yeah. so I, that's odd because I thought that the two girls that survived were upstairs. So they were no. actually downstairs in the basement floor
3: they were down they were downstairs but this new affidavit that came out is saying that one of the girls Dylan one of the survivors she was actually on the second floor but that doesn't really make sense because i have heard that there are i think there are 3 bedrooms on the second floor and one of them or both of them are vac- vacant i believe i don't know that whole thing doesn't make sense to me because for weeks now i've heard that the two surviving uh, girls were on the very
2: bottom floor okay yeah but I the know affidavit that, says different and that's strange I know there was a video that you sent me that actually it was the girls playing their each other's roles or something they were trying to pretend to be each other's roommate and so they're like making fun of each other they made a video but in, oh, the, yeah. in the video was a collage of all the rooms and the layout of the building inside and so it kind of yeah. gave you some perspective of what this place looked like and how the killer had to Traverse the house and whatnot?
3: Right. Yeah. We can, if you want to show that video, you can.
2: Okay. Can you hear that? Okay.
3: <laughs> okay. So that's the second floor. Whoa,
2: here. I'm going to, I'm going to just mute it.
3: Yeah. Turn that down.
2: <laughs> so yes, it looks like now they're down in the basement. Cause there's some stairs there or is that. No,
3: that should be the middle floor where the, where the like living room area is and the couch. That's the, that is the middle floor. Uh, second floor, where the kitchen is, as well, and then the bottom area are just two bedrooms and a bathroom. And then the very top floor is two bedrooms and a bathroom.
2: Okay. But this so-
3: where where they are, that's the like the the kitchen area, pantry. Um,
2: this is all the second floor, room.
3: right? This is all the second floor, and the there is a bedroom on the second floor, and that was Zana's bedroom, which is where Zana and Ethan were. And where they're allegedly saying where Dylan was as well, but that still doesn't make sense to me.
2: So like this right here is likely the downstairs to go to their. That's
3: that's right. That's the downstairs to go to the bottom floor.
2: Okay. Hmm. what's so
3: creepy is this whole back area where all those lights are. There's tons of pictures of college kids who have been in that house and have taken pictures next to those lights. Oh, so boy. if you can just imagine how hard it was to grab DNA from the, you know, murderer because there's so much DNA in that house.
2: That's like, a great an point. An
3: insane amount. Oh, here yeah. they go.
2: So they're going down the and stairs. Go, right. Oh. So that video was enlightening to me because I'm like, okay, now I'm getting the, the layout of the house, but dang it to your point. What the hell was that? What, what, what like the uh, roommate, what was she doing upstairs?
3: Well, they said that's where her bedroom is, but, from everything that I've heard, from all the videos that I've watched, the Dylan and the other girl, I don't know what her name is, um, they, their rooms were downstairs. Okay. Um, and there is a vacant room next to where Zanna's room was. And they thought that that's where the killer could have entered because there's a window that you can easily access. But now we know from the affidavit that he entered through the sliding glass door of the kitchen, which is on the second floor.
2: Okay. Yeah, the affidavit was very revealing. Um, I believe the uh the second the other neighbor or not neighbor I keep on saying neighbor but roommate was um, funky or fun like f u yeah f u n k e Bethany funky, funky yes funky
3: funky funky
2: something's getting funky, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Um. Yeah, so that, that came out. Um, so here are the new develop, new developments as of yesterday. We had suspect Brian Koberger's DNA was found on the, the knife sheath. So the, apparently there was this sheath that belonged to a knife that was left on the bed with the two murdered girls.
3: Yeah, so there was a tan sheath uh, that was left right next to Maddie Madison on the bed. And that's where they gathered the DNA from. And, yeah. um, yeah, so there's all this talks about how they use the ancestry.com or 23 andme to get the DNA. And that's not true either. Now we know that they actually went into, um, his parents, uh, garbage acted as like trashmen, went into their garbage and looked for DNA and found his father's DNA. And it was just enough of a match that that's how they were able to say, okay, he was there at the crime scene.
2: Which is just bizarre. I mean, do you have to get so a uh, like a court order to grab someone's garbage, or is it just free?
3: So what I heard is that the I guess it was the FBI. They dressed up as garbage truck men. I don't know what you would call them, gar- garbage men, the trash, crash, trash, 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 trash dudes. There you trash go. Trash man, and they picked up their trash and then went to an undisclosed area and sifted through all of the trash and went through all of the DNA and found a a match.
2: See, that was so bizarre to me. I'm like, what the hell? Because yeah. I think the uh, the Daily Mail article, which they get shit wrong all the time, they said yeah. that it was the, uh, the police, like they went undercover, like you were mentioning, and they just straight up stole their trash and then started digging through it and then got their DNA, sent it off for analysis. And I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, and, and you know. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I'm just like looking at everything I'm throwing away. And I'm like, uh, should I burn my trash? You know, so that way no one can steal yeah, my you DNA. You have to
3: like, yeah, you have to think about your trash a little differently now. Like, oh, I should probably, yeah, burn it.
2: But
0: yeah. the crazy,
3: the crazy thing is, is that the police actually had a lead on Brian Koberger two weeks after the murder. And what is kind of nuts is that for what, what is it? Six weeks now? Everyone was saying, please don't know what they're doing. The FBI, they suck. Like, well, obviously we know the FBI. Oh, but yeah. they're, they're not doing their job. They, have, they don't have a lead. Like, nothing's happening. And so all these, like, you know, um, tech warriors and keyboard warriors were making up all these scenarios on their own. They were basically speculating that it was the boyfriend, Jack, or it was all these kids that were at the food trucks at 1 a.m. that the girls were around. Like, I kind of wish... That they had that the cops had come out and said, yes, we have a suspect like it's we know what it is instead of letting everyone basically put the blame on all these other kids that had nothing to do with it.
2: Oh, for sure. So I
3: thought that was especially like the boyfriend, one of the now, boyfriends, they thought it was the boyfriend.
2: Was this uh, was this Jack guy? Was he the boyfriend of Gon? What is it Gon Salvez?
3: Gonzalez?
2: Gonzalez. Okay.
3: Gonzalvez. Of Kaylee, yes, I believe so. Another strange thing that happened at the very beginning of all this is that apparently both of the girls, Kaylee and Madison, called Jack at the time of the murders multiple times, both of them. So that was also oh. very bizarre. And he never picked up the phone. But so this they was called both of them called.
2: Kaylee and Maddie?
3: Yeah, they were they both, both tried calling same- him?
2: What? Yeah. The Sam Nuggets?
3: That's I know. That's why all of this is just so strange, because for six weeks now, it's it every day there seemed to be something more and more strange about it. And that was one of the things at the very beginning. That was I was like, what in the world? So well, maybe it is Jack.
2: Well, and then so this victim, Exana Kernodal, she received DoorDash delivery at 4 a.m. and was playing TikTok yeah. videos on her phone just minutes before the murder. And so yeah. I think they narrowed down the time of the murder between 4 a.m. and 4.25 or so. Right. 4.30-ish, yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, mm-hmm. she orders DoorDash. She has it delivered 20 minutes before she dies. And yeah. so if you're this Brian Koberger, you're sitting there waiting to go in the house, and then you see DoorDash bring in some Wendy's or something. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> uh-oh. And and the, the thing to me is... um, what I realized is not only can they steal your DNA, they can just go through your trash. Because, I mean, to mm-hmm. be honest, the murder happened in Idaho. The The guy, Brian Coy, Koberger, Koberger. He, he lived in Washington State going to school. But his mm-hmm. parents lived in Pennsylvania. And so they had to go all the way to Pennsylvania or at least call the Pennsylvania police and just be like, hey, can you guys go steal some trash? We got to get a DNA swab here, you know.
3: So what happened is they, so they, again, they knew that, Brian was their suspect two weeks after the murder, so they followed him, and oh. they followed him all the way to Pennsylvania with his father. And they actually pulled him over several times, which is super odd. And they made up weird excuses like you were tailing someone or um, were things joining... that
2: police always <laughs> do.
3: <laughs> right, exactly. Your tail lights reason...
2: out. It's a little bright. We'll uh, get that fixed. <laughs> yeah. Have you been yeah. drinking?
3: we just want to pull you over because we just felt like being an asshole today. (laughs) Um, But they were pulling him over because they wanted to see if he had any um, scratches or cuts on his hands.
2: So was that,
3: that
2: was was that something that was reported by um, Dylan? Was that the suspect had cuts on his hands from like, like, would they be defensive cuts?
3: Well, they were saying that usually when when you stab someone with that much force that sometimes your hand goes all the way down to the blade and you can get cuts on your hands or you can get defensive wounds uh, from the victim fighting back, uh, nail scratch marks, anything like that. That's where he would have the most exposed skin since we know in the affidavit now that he was wearing a mask that only exposed his eyes and a full black outfit so the only thing that probably would have been exposed were his hands so they were trying to look to see if he had any type of wounds on his hands
2: i get you yeah his hands and then those bushy eyebrows of him i'm like (laughs) i got bushy eyebrows shit hopefully they don't come knocking on my door but uh no i'm just kidding but uh the thing that i noticed the most is that how much they used the cell phone data because this was pertinent into tracking his movements And, you know, as as far as, like, first off, if you're going to, like, murder somebody, why are you bringing your cell phone, bro? You know?
3: So, what he did, though, to, I mean, he was kind of smart. So, what they, so he left at his um, college at, I think, around, like, 2.45 in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then he got into Idaho and he turned his phone off. So, I guess he's smart. But then he turned his phone back on at like 4.45 a.m. in the morning.
2: Like right after the murder, right?
3: Yeah. So he's not that smart, but he tried. I mean, A A for effort. (laughs) I guess. um, Yeah. So it it had a lot to do with, uh, I guess, pinging his phone. And then also they caught his car. One of the main things that they, they caught him on obviously was the DNA, but also that his white Elantra. Yeah, because they found a lot of street footage of him basically just driving back and forth on the victim street over and over and over. I think he passed it like three times going super fast and okay. then finally stopped.
2: Yeah, so, they they said that um, Koberger was stalking the victim's home at least 12 times before the murders. So I think yeah. they traced back his cell phone data and saw that like he actually went there weeks beforehand, maybe days. Right. I don't know. But up to 12 times where he was just kind of like casing out the place, being like, "Okay, this is how I'm going to do this, 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 which doesn't it's like, seriously, why are you bringing your phone everywhere? You know, because that's (laughs) that's not doing you any justice here, buddy,
3: especially since he's studying criminology. Like, wouldn't that wouldn't you know not to do that?
2: Yeah. And apparently he applied for a police internship a month before the killings.
3: Yeah, so, so that like, he could be in his own investigation, basically.
2: That's what he wanted, I bet. Yeah, that makes total sense.
3: Wild, oh, it's so creepy and so, but that's <laughs> it. But again, full circle going back to that's what Ted Bundy did. Remember, he oh. wanted to be his own lawyer and he wanted to be a part of his own case. That's so, true.
2: I mean, and know what you can kind of get away with, know where the loopholes are, know the law. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And then apparently, Koberger's sister starred in a slasher movie. Did you hear this?
3: Okay, my mom called me this morning because she knows I'm doing this interview and uh, or podcast or oh. whatever. The Hi, mom. It is. I know. Yes, I had my mom, and she was like, "Okay, I have something weird that I found out this morning." She's like, "Did you know that his sister was like a starred and starred in a, a, a horror film?" And I was like, "Did not hear that."
1: Yes.
0: So- I've learned that a group of forestry students are planning to go up the mountain and cut trees. What is it?
1: Cabin down there.
2: Maybe they have a phone.
1: Who has a phone out here, you jackass.
2: It's just a hunter's cabin. The season hasn't even started yet. There won't be anybody there.
3: didn't
2: look into it uh so. i don't re- recall what the actual name of the movie was but yeah she was a victim i believe in the movie and she looks just like the freaking guy she looks oh. just like her brother so i'm like Oof. oh
3: yeah. <laughs> now
2: we got two creepers down in that torture dungeon but yeah so what do you think about this there was a rumor so right off the bat right after he got arrested this is uh coming in early well i guess not when did he get arrested In early January?
3: He got arrested uh, on the 30th, December 30th.
2: Okay. So, a couple days later, on January 2nd, you had this um, female inmate who supposedly was sharing a a cell with him. Was accusing him of saying things like, you come in here and I'll cut you. And he was taunting the guards, exposing himself, singing violent rap lyrics. And she was... Yeah, she was throwing out these... Now... I don't think she was necessarily telling the truth. Okay. I'm just going to say she's an inmate for one. She doesn't yeah. uh, seem like the most reliable source.
1: He's singing songs that are violent. Like what? What songs? Like, like, you know, um, I, okay. So like, I'm going to cut you up. There's a, there's one called bad Bunny. bad Bunny, I'm going to cut you up. Motherf- <laughs> you know, this, um, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to pee on you. and I'll pee on your face. Um, so that's usually by Bad Bunny or uh, Snoop Dogg. He said, you know, do what you want with me. I don't give a uh, Mother fucker. You ain't gonna do nothing to me because I'm gonna cut all of you up. Um, uh, those were the words. And he just kept repeating songs that were very violent. Um, and then pulling his shirt up and his pants down.
2: Exposing himself or just his underwear? Oh no,
1: no, exposing everything, his body, top and bottom.
2: His like genitalia?
1: Yes. Right. (laughs) Um,
3: I I actually have never heard that. I've heard the exact opposite. I've heard that he's very quiet. Um, He he says yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Um, He's very polite to everyone, and he just. I think someone actually asked him. uh, Someone in, maybe it was his jail cell mate. mate, I don't know, but they asked him. You know, uh, why did you do it? And he goes, I didn't do anything. And that's the only thing that I have heard. That he said in jail. So yeah, I don't know where you were, but, who, but well, who knows
2: for sure. No. And that's, that's why I thought that this was suspicious because like when it first all came out and first started happening, he was this monster, like foaming at the mouth, exposing his genitals to guards and stuff <laughs> being like, come and get it, you know, like I'll cut you. Yeah. But then it's, uh, then I've heard nothing, but just, he's silent poised, just going yeah. with the flow, you know, just like, okay, let's, let's get this done
3: so it's very very strange he thinks he's going to be exonerated like he really thinks he's he's going to plead not guilty he says he's completely innocent and didn't do anything and his attorneys right now are really um trying to make a case i don't know what kind of case they can make because they have pretty good dna evidence and they have a lot of street footage with his vehicle so (laughs) i don't know i don't know what they're thinking but It'll be interesting because it's definitely going to be it's going to be interesting.
2: Well, to your point, though, that house had a lot of DNA in it. I mean, not not calling the girls hoes, but I'm just saying like there was a lot of DNA, you know.
3: Well, from what I heard is that that was the main party house um, for the fraternities and the sororities in that area. Wow. So I think it was called like Greek row or something like that and that's where you know after all of the balls or off after going to the taverns or anything like that they would all congregate back at that house it's a really big house it's quite amazing how big that house is um so there there's so many pictures of of just young kids sitting on that couch taking pictures in front of those lights um in the kitchen in the bedrooms so the reason why I thought it was taking the police so long to get a suspect is because there's just so much DNA in that house. But now we know that there was a knife sheath, and that's what—that's where the DNA was.
2: So, so I'm wondering, like, what was on that sheath? Because they said it was specifically on the button, like, that snaps it shut?
3: Yeah, the snap, the snap of the button is where they found the DNA.
2: So did he have, like, a bloody hangnail or something that just got on there? I don't...
3: I don't know. Or or that's why I'm thinking he was cut and he got some of his own blood on that sheath. Mm. And so that's why I think the police were maybe looking for any type of injuries on his hands when they were stopping him for all those traffic stops. Okay. So So now... we have footage of those traffic stops and it's... And you can kind of see Brian's demeanor in in the footage where he's being stopped. He's very polite. You know, he's very confused as to why he's being pulled over and there's really nothing on his hands i mean you can't really see anything
2: well nonetheless did you see how he was looking at his dad like don't say anything bitch you know what i mean like keep your mouth yeah. shut about this come on and i'm like oh, what so that's the? just how
3: that's how his eyes are though
2: <laughs> he just his darts like, yeah
3: yeah you know, he's got those creepy like i can't open my eyes that wide but
2: yeah you know. he's got yeah. those uh i'm gonna i'm gonna torture you in a dungeon eyes so, um, yeah, I'm
3: going to st- stab you like 34 times and enjoy it and then tell you that I'm I'm here to help you. I
2: mean, you know, innocent until proven guilty, but come I on, dude. So. <laughs> come on, dude. You can't look like that. Yeah. No, I'm just
3: kidding. <laughs> you can't look like that and be innocent.
2: Yeah, come on now. Um, come on now. So the the Hyundai Elantra or no, what was this? Yes, Hyundai Elantra. Yeah,
3: it's a, it's a 100, it's a white Hyundai Hyundai Elantra.
2: Okay, and it was seen on.
3: 2011.
2: It was seen on surveillance footage late around the neighborhood, right?
3: Yeah.
2: Um, Going I'm back seeing. And forth. I'm seeing at 4:17 a.m. A, a neighbor security camera picked up audio of what sounded like voices or a whimper, followed by a loud thud. A dog can also be heard barking numerous times. Now, Kaylee had a dog. There's TikTok yes. videos of her having all this. That's the dog that she shared with her boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Even though they split Jack- up. They still have this dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so this is where it kind of takes a turn into the weird for me. Not that this is not weird already, but yeah. the the two roommates that were not touched. Now, that was right. the most revealing things. And from this affidavit, we did a little uh, episode on Pardon My American about this. But it's uh, it's just strange that the affidavit revealed that Dylan... What's her uh, Dylan Mortensen? She Mm -hmm. confronted the murderer. He was, as you described, wearing a mask, nothing to reveal but his bushy eyebrows, and he was all dressed in black. He walks by her, does not do anything to her. She lets him walk away. She just stands there, goes back into her room out of fear, and then she doesn't call 911 until six hours later, right? Or eight hours later ish. I don't know. Right. Yeah so so
3: i mean yeah I, i've seen several videos on tiktok about this um of a lot of people saying you know just stop attacking her you don't know what you would have done in that situation maybe he didn't see her
1: so i want to talk more about dylan and her seeing the killer because i think that the stuff that people are saying is insane but it makes a lot of sense to me so this is standing in the living room and down this hallway is zanna's bedroom so this is where dylan heard the noise coming from and clearly you can see that from dylan's bedroom you can't see down here this room is way off to the side so back in the living room where he would have had to go he would have had to go this way by her room so her room is right not here that's the living room he would have come from that way it's right here so he would have had to swing a very sharp turn to go back toward this sliding door so with the adrenaline he has because this was such a quick incident he probably didn't see her
3: um you know maybe she went in her room and she fainted you know we just don't know the circumstances um i mean i don't i And also, again, this is a a college house where people are coming in and out of that house all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kids are kids. Well, they're not kids, but teenagers are teenagers. And who knows, you know, maybe she thought Kaylee had uh, guys spend the night with her or, you know, Ethan had a friend over and it was cold outside. And so he had a, you know, a, a ski mask on like You just never know. It is super odd. I think the oddest part of it, though, is that there were two people in the house when this whole thing was happening that they they didn't hear any screams. They I guess she said she heard a little bit of crying. That's about it. Why the dog didn't bark. um, Like why the other roommate didn't come out and look like. Yeah. Where was the other roommate? Where was the other roommate when this happened? I will say I do feel really sorry for those two girls because they must have like insane amount of survivor's guilt you
2: know mm, yeah or, or, or they I were in on it because <laughs> listen to this i mean if you're in like on this i mean how far is the drive from Pull or not pullman but uh was it in pullman yeah pullman washington to moscow Ma- idaho
3: moscow. oh um
2: so if you're brian yeah
3: it's only it's it's, it's 10 miles it's 10 miles
2: 10 miles okay So it's not, uh, it would not take him over an hour to get there. Like it would, how far is it? This is like,
3: I think they said it's like a 15 minute drive.
2: Oh, okay. I was thinking like, this was like an eight hour drive or something. And I'm like, wait a second. Did they give him enough time?
3: No, he's right down the road from them. Apparently he's been, um, you know, again, going to their house, uh, several nights, surveilling the area. And I think even, you know, probably stalking the girls a little bit. I think mm-hmm. my my speculation is that he was stalking Kaylee the most because she was the one at the very, very beginning that said she did have a stalker. So uh, I
2: don't and know. her dad, Kaylee's dad, came out and said that Brian and Kaylee had a prior relationship. Not like getting together, yeah. but they knew each other.
3: Yes. They exchanged text messages. So they had like a a flirty um correspondence via text and i guess she probably ghosted him or got back with jack or you know he was probably creepy and she was just like i don't want to deal with this and stopped replying
2: (laughs) yeah no i get you um yeah so as far as like what the extent of their relationship was the dad said that he could not reveal anything because it was still under investigation uh,
1: but i
2: mean to me it's just like okay well wait a second these these people knew each other that's okay Now you're kind of, we can look at some motives there, at right. least. Uh, but yeah. going back to like this kind of timeline here with the yeah. uh, the two roommates. So this was according to Dylan Mortensen. She, you know, after that 4, at 4, uh, 17 a.m., she heard the dog barking and then that loud thud. Uh, she said a short time after Mortensen, who was in her second floor bedroom, heard gone uh guns I'm gonna screw this Gonsalves. up Gonsalves <laughs> say that there's someone here and the uh mm-hmm. it says that Mortensen looked out of her bedroom door but did not see anything so she right. heard Gonçalves say there's someone here which makes it sound like there wasn't supposed to be somebody there you know yeah this is a frat right. house this is you know people going in and out but this seemed to be kind of like a, a startled like hey there's someone here Uh, who is it? You know? Yeah. And and what do you think there? What do you think?
3: Well, I mean, I think if she thought something was really wrong and if she heard her roommate, who's supposedly one of her really good friends say, I think someone's here. Don't you think she would have like been like, who is it? (laughs) You know? Yeah. What's going on? What, What are you doing? I don't know. I feel like that's what I would, I would do if one of my roommates, really good friends was like, I think there's someone here. I'd be like,
2: all right. Well, let me add him. Let's
3: go. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, like, I'd be
2: like, come here, bitch. <laughs> yeah, you
1: exactly. creepy looking effort.
2: No. Uh, yeah, exactly. But then so she said that she looked out of her room a second time shortly after when she heard what she thought was crying coming from Kernodal's room, which was also on this, which was also on the second floor.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And now where yeah. were the girls found? Were they found on the second floor or were they upstairs on the third floor?
3: So the, uh, Kaylee and, and Maddie were found on the third floor, both in bed together. And then Zanna and Ethan were found on the second floor. Um, Ethan was apparently on the outside laying on the floor, and Zanna was in her bedroom laying on the
2: floor. So Ethan was actually out in the living room when you opened the bedroom he was door.
3: In, in the hallway, like in the hallway heading into the living room. So kind of like on the outside of the room. So okay. that makes me think that, like, he, he heard something and went out to see what it was. I think he was the first one that was murdered. That's, mm. that's what I think. Because wouldn't you think you'd want to take down the biggest person, the yeah. one that's the biggest threat? Because Ethan, I think Ethan was also like six foot tall and a pretty big dude.
2: Okay. Yeah, it would make sense uh, to to kill the man first. You know, if you have a yeah. pff, house filled with women, you're like, okay, I'm gonna take out the dude, and then I'm right. just gonna, you know, whatever. But that makes sense. But it just doesn't make sense that um, if you're Dylan Mortensen and you open the door and you just close the door back, like, wouldn't you see I a know. dead body?
3: I know. <laughs> I that's why that's why that's why this is so strange. The whole thing is so also the fact that they're now saying that she was on the second floor to me is just so odd because this entire time they've been saying that she was on the bottom floor Mm -hmm. in her her bedroom being on the bottom floor with the other roommate.
2: Now was the bottom floor just a straight up single bedroom? Like it was like a a single layer and then they just,
3: it's it's two bedrooms on either side. And then there are doors heading out to the uh, parking lot where they parked their cars.
2: Okay. I get you. And then
3: the, the second floor, there's also another level where you can park your car and there's a lot, but that's what I, I even, so there's this thing on TikTok. I was going to send it to you, but it got to the point where I was like, I'm sending him way too many videos. <laughs> but they, they, they did one of those, um, uh, viral tours where you could tour the entire house. Ooh. So I've seen the entire house and the entire layout. And that is why I'm so confused about dylan being on the second floor because when i did that virtual viral tour Mm -hmm. there's not a, a bedroom that i would think of where she would come out of where she would see him
0: well send it to me and then i'll insert it right here walk through the slain idaho house this is the front door in the basement directly to the left are stairs to the main floor also to the left down the hallway is surviving roommate bethany's bedroom with a window to the view of the front parking area and stair composition to the main floor. Back in the basement hallway to the right of the front door is surviving roommate Dylan's room. Another view to the front of the house and main parking area. Electrical panel, I assume. Let's go upstairs to the main second level. Zanna's room down this hallway. Window to the front of the house. Going into Zanna's room. There is a bathroom right outside of the room on the right. And a window to the front of the house. These stairs lead to the third floor, a closet and kitchen on the right. Now we are in the kitchen. This window would look out of the side of the house and the suspecting sliding door for entry and or exit. Another window to the back of the house. Let's go inside the empty bedroom on the second floor to the left of the stairs. This room only has a rear view window of the house.
3: Now we'll go to the third floor.
0: Bathroom located outside of Maddie's room. Inside of Maddie's room, to the right of the staircase, she has one window to the rear of the house. Kaylee's room directly across the hallway and another window at the front of the house. Kaylee's room has one window at the front of the house and one sliding door to the balcony near the back as well. How could this possibly be one single killer jeopardizing entering a house of at least four, let alone five people with Ethan?
2: The inside of the house and the story, they're not adding up. Right.
3: that exactly it's the affidavit to me was so bizarre and you sent me that podcast where the guy was just reading out the entire affidavit and I was just like some of it makes sense, but some of it really doesn't make any sense at all And I think the most suspicious is Dylan Dylan's part in the yeah. affidavit.
2: Yeah she then goes on to say that uh, she heard a male voice say something like it's okay I'm here or I'm going to help you. The He's affidavit
3: going to help states. You. That Um, is so creepy to me. (laughs) Like that to me, that means that he was not in a, a rage killing. It wasn't a crime of passion. He was completely calm. If he's like standing over his victim going, it's okay, I'm going to help you. What? Yeah. That to me is so weird that I have never heard that from any other crime scene before.
2: Yeah. It's like, um, killing you is helping you. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. Or he just, he I'm, wants you to be sedated and not fight back. And then you're like, okay, right. you're going to help me. Oh wait, that's not helping. That hurts. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, yeah. um,
3: or, you know, maybe he was like, I'm going to end it, end your pain. And maybe he like, you know, stabbed her right in the heart or slit her throat or yeah.
2: I know. Now yeah. it gets that, uh, American psycho. This guy is yeah. complete American Sego. At least uh, he looks like he could fit the part. Um, He's
3: so bizarre. So bizarre.
2: Mortensen stated that she opened her door for a third time after she heard the crying and saw a figure clad in black clothing, the mask covering everything except for the person's uh, eyebrows. Right. And it was walking towards her. She described the figure as five foot ten or taller male, not very muscular, but athletically built with bushy eyebrows she walked or the male walked right past her and she just stood there quote frozen in shock or frozen shock phase which is and we we discussed yeah. this it's like okay well how long is that going to last because you could have just called 911 right after that wore off there you know that's not yeah, going to last know. 6 to 8 hours right
3: i know and also i i also heard that the the surviving roommates called their friends before they called nine one one, and there were a bunch of people that came over to the house, and were in the crime scene. They were oh. walking all over it, viewing everything, and then they called. That's another one thing that I want to talk about is the nine one one call. Okay. They will not. They will not release the nine one one call, and they mm-hmm. think it's because it's just entirely too chaotic. There are a bunch of people on the nine one one call. Um, they even say someone may be getting sick. During the 911 call, like there are so many things that are being speculated around this 911 call and why it was called in so late.
2: Yeah. And th- so that's bizarre. Like, were they trying to just <laughs> solve the mystery themselves? Like, hey, Billy, get on over here. Uh, you're not going to believe what <laughs> you see. You know, like, so yeah. is this Scooby Doo all of a sudden? Like, come yeah. on now. Exactly. Um,
3: or they were like fascinated by it and wanted to look at it first. Or, I mean, I don't. I don't know. These are young, young, young kids. Like, I mean, I keep saying they're super young, but they're like teenagers. What am I saying? I mean, it's still young.
2: Well, so they the roommate did not call 911 until 1158 a.m. The killing took place between 4 a.m. and 425 a.m. So, I mean, that's around eight, eight plus hours. And she requested help for a, quote, unconscious person. Like, can you tell
3: I'm now hearing that that's not true.
2: That that never
3: happened. Yeah. That the reason that they had to come out and just basically say, well, they requested for, they, they didn't want to say at first that there was someone who was dead. So they just, the police just decided, you know, they called in to say there was an unconscious person. Okay. And then they left it. They literally left it at that. And there has been no other talk about the 911 call until recently when, you know, people are saying this is probably why it happened. And, you know,
1: OK, I don't know that the
3: 911 call to me is also super sus.
2: It's weird. And another thing that's weird is they mentioned a f- uh shoe print that's right outside the sliding glass door that you mentioned. And yeah. so in the mud right outside, they found a uh, an imprint that looked like the diamond shapes of the bottom of a van shoe, you know, like van. soles. Oh, yeah. They have the yeah, like, yeah, yeah. diamond shape. They said yeah. that it was consistent with the pattern of the sole of Vans shoes, but they don't know whether or not Koberger owns Vans shoes or not. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, is that relevant? I, okay. We'll find out.
3: Yeah. I mean, okay. But again, like there are tons of college kids. You're walking in and out of that house every day who are probably wearing Vans shoes. Also, mm-hmm. the girls could wear Vans shoes. I have a pair of Vans shoes.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's true. I mean, I mean Vans ha- are unisex like across yeah. the board pretty much. Yeah. So, so uh, and then the one thing left is we don't know where the murder weapon is, right?
3: Yeah, the they they don't have a murder weapon yet. They okay. haven't found it. So that's another super bizarre thing that they would find the sheath. Like why would why would he leave the sheath there?
2: Right? Well, I mean, he's dumb enough to take his phone with him. I mean, he's, he might as well true. just left his cell phone there, too, you know.
3: That's very true. Although they are saying that his car came back around 9 a.m. that morning to the house and mm. then circled back home. So they were thinking that he realized, oh, shit, I left my knife sheath. I need to go back and and get it. And then he was like, "There's, it's too light outside. Like, I'm not going to do that.
2: Yeah, and so that, it's also that's one that's of those. Weird it's also one of those things that murderers do is they go back to witness the dead bodies. Like maybe he wanted to go see what was going on, and maybe he was just you know f- freaked out. You know he was like, yeah, uh, I want to go see what's going on. Like are the cops there yet? Like, uh. Yeah, but uh, yeah. To me, it's like okay, so we got this story where this someone breaks in. It, supposedly, this Brian Koberger kills the four kids, the two kids supposedly did not get touched um uh, what's her name mortensen and uh funky. Funky, uh funky funky they supposedly had bedrooms downstairs in the basement but they were upstairs or at least uh mortensen was mm-hmm. we don't know why she was upstairs in the affidavit it said that her bedroom was upstairs were believed that it's downstairs so mm-hmm. who knows maybe she's who knows you know maybe but, it is
3: maybe it is upstairs i mean I, I don't know
2: um and then we we just have the uh the car data so his his car was tracked all over the place going back and forth to the house and why did he turn off his phone then you know what i mean around the time of the murder why did your phone shut off there bro you know
3: maybe he's thinking uh you know maybe he, he got smart all of a sudden was like oh i need to turn my phone off they're gonna track me here you mm-hmm. know but then why would he turn it right back on, you know, at the scene of the crime?
2: Yes. Oh. Or yeah. Maybe he didn't
3: want any distractions. He's like, I don't want any distractions. I'm going to turn my phone off. I get I'm going to that. get in Zen mode and I'm going to help these kids out and I'm going to violently murder them. in the, middle
2: of the night. Oh, Violent Zen mode. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nothing scarier than that. I know Uh, he goes into the house, leaves his murder weapon sheath on the bed for the cops to find with his DNA on it. So that's just like, okay, too convenient in my mind, Mm -hmm. but nonetheless, I guess it happened. And, you know, we'll see what happens now. I, I just don't know why the roommate waited eight hours to call 911. That is really suspicious to me.
3: I think that that's the, I think that's on everyone else's mind. Like, People are so confused by that. That just doesn't make any sense at all. Although I don't think a young girl could be capable of murdering them, murdering her, their room, her roommates. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, you know, if you were to believe that Dylan was somehow in on it or the other two roommates were somehow in on it, how would they be in on it? Would they be a part of the murders? Would they be the ones saying, hey, you know, maybe Brian was just like a hitman.
2: Yeah. You know? We'll let you in. We'll, you know, we'll wait until you're off, uh, you know, out of the yeah. out of the woods, then we'll call 911. We'll make it look fresh and clean, all this stuff. So but right. like you said, they called their friends before they called 911. And they had like yeah. their friends come over. It mm-hmm. sounded like the 911 call. We don't know this yet, but it sounds like there might be some people puking on the 911 call. It's just very chaotic. I
3: heard there are people fainting and puking and very, very chaotic.
2: Yeah. I mean, the biggest uh, mystery to me is still just the roommates inside the house that weren't touched because you can't not hear somebody get knifed to death, right? That's going to be, you're going to have loud thuds, you're going to have violent reactions, you're going to have, I mean, screaming. And you're yeah. gonna you're gonna have at least like loud noises that sounds like somebody's fighting for their life you know what I mean
3: yeah I mean and also stabbing someone is not quiet the act the actual going into a body is not quiet I mean and hitting a bone or anything like that like that that's just not quiet that's mm-hmm. very loud um and to do it to four bodies to me that is. That is what is so creepy and so strange is that one person could kill four human beings by themselves with just a knife. Yeah. I mean, I know it's possible, but when have we ever seen that before? Has that, has this ever happened before?
2: Oh, man. I, I got to imagine it has. I mean, as far as like I mean, sure, a family yeah. member going deranged, you know, and just slaughtering yeah
3: but it's usually just the parents they usually go for the parents and that's it it yeah. hasn't been like four people
2: yeah that's, that's why true. This
3: is just so weird
2: well and there was so much blood i remember when this first happened there was so much blood that it was pouring out of the house or was seeping out of the floorboards or something you could yeah. see it from the exterior and so yeah. there was a mess and this girl just pops her head out of her doorway out of her room and what you don't see the mess
3: yeah. You don't see that. Like maybe it was fresh and they weren't bleeding out as badly then, but don't you see like a body on the ground yeah. or like if your roommate, first of all, one of her roommates is whimpering and crying. Wouldn't you go and say, what's wrong? How are you? How, how are you? What's wrong? <laughs> yeah. what's wrong? How are you?
2: How, Hi, how, how, how are you are doing you? there? Uh, yeah. can I help doing? you? Can I help you? Customer um, service style, you know? <laughs>
3: yeah. And then you also hear your other roommate say, "I think there's someone here." I would yeah. not go back in my room. I just no.
2: wouldn't. No, so it, it's but that's me. Very fishy. I think we need the nine one one call. We need to know exactly. Furthermore, information on Dylan's story and what's going to happen with this other roommate. Where's her story? You know,
0: the funky.
3: I know what. Where's funky? Like she's she hasn't come out and said anything. Again, I, if, if they are innocent and they have nothing to do with it and they were just being stupid, this is very sad for mm-hmm. them. I yeah. mean, that's
2: sad. It's sad nonetheless. I mean, you had four young kids die and uh, there's a murderer. We Hopefully he got caught, but we'll see. I mean, there's things that are just too convenient for me. And yeah. then there's also just things that don't add up. And right right now we don't have the full picture and hopefully within the next couple weeks or so, we get the full picture. So I hope so. And then maybe we can have you back on to to recap it.
3: Hey, would love that.
2: Hell yeah. Well, thanks Peyton for uh, joining me. This was really fun. Before I let you go. Is there, where can people find you?
3: Um, You can find me on my Instagram at Peyton underscore lane. And yeah. Because then all my information is on my Instagram.
2: So find me on my Instagram. Okay. Right on. Will do. And then, yeah, thanks again for joining me. And then everybody else, thanks so much for uh, listening to the show, supporting the show, and everything you guys do. We appreciate it so much. And until next time, sayonara. Hey. Well, hello there, audio listeners. Greg here. I hope you enjoy this free Strange Sauna. Strange Sauna is a side program that I'm doing on the side here, still connected to the Pardon My American broadcast. If you like the content in this segment and you want to hear more, go check out the full episodes only on Patreon at patreon.com slash American. Okay, off.